Hi, I'm Brenda. And hi, I'm Amber. And this is the Minority Millennial Money Podcast. The contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice. And neither Amber nor I nor Minority Millennial Money is engaged in the provision of legal, tax, or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and tax accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate. everyone to another episode of Minority Millennial Money. Today we have Brian Bristol here with us. He is the CTO and founder of Pigeon Loans and he actually asked us to introduce ourselves first. So Amber, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, so I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing law for about seven years and I sort of got interested in uh, finance uh, as a hobby. Um, and the hobby sort of turned into a podcast and five books. <laughs> um, so I just like to, I talk a lot about how I grew up in poverty and, you know, inner city Chicago. And I talk a lot about kind of what it took to get myself out of that position. Um, and then what to do, you know, once you're a lawyer, once you're a professional and you have a lot of money. Um, so that's what I like to write about. And we started this podcast about a year ago, I think. Um, and so that's who I am. I'm in Chicago. Yeah, I'm Brenda. I am a nurse practitioner. So I first became a nurse in 2011. And then I got my master's in 2017 to be a nurse practitioner, um, which for people that don't know, a nurse practitioner is a nurse with a master's degree, an additional license and certification that can diagnose and treat under the prescriptive delegation of physician, which means they can prescribe medications as well. And so um, I actually got into personal finance about six years ago, listening to a podcast. And then I got into like personal finance Twitter. And that's actually where Amber and I met. And we started this podcast without ever having met each other. We started it a year ago. And then we actually met in person last September. So we're kind of kindred spirits that just kind of cross paths on the internet. And um, I also, I mean, I'm getting a PhD full time. I work as a nurse practitioner. So this is our side hustle, so to speak. You know, we still keep day jobs and we're just passionate about teaching the minority community. We're definitely millennials. You're definitely Gen Z, but I think we all have the similar struggles, you know, being um, from minority backgrounds. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I read your bio, but I want you to give you the opportunity to, to tell us. Yeah, that, that's super awesome. So I'm on the cusp of Gen Z and millennial. I'm like at that 97 year, so. Once earlier, I'd be a millennial, but we'll go with Gen Z for today. Um, But I'm Brian Bristol, co-founder and CTO of Pigeon Loans. To give you an idea of where I'm from, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a software engineer by trade. So I actually worked in the industry for quite some time. I was a software engineer at Pinterest for some time. I was a software engineer at Intuit. They make TurboTax, QuickBooks, all those kind of suite of tools. And then I really delved into the startup world about a year and a half ago. So... Currently, I'm working on building Pigeon Loans. To give you an idea of what Pigeon Loans is, it's a pretty simple concept. What we're doing is we're simplifying loans between friends and family. So that entire conversation that you have with a friend or a family member in terms of giving them money or taking money from them, 
we're taking that whole process and giving a lot of formalization, giving it a lot of support, teaching people how to do it in a smart way, and then bringing that conversation online. So once it's online, we're allowing people to basically make loans with each other from pretty much anywhere in the world. People are moving money to basically start businesses, to pay for emergencies, to refinance their life. It's a lot of cool things that we're working on, but the whole goal is to really support people within their relationships whenever they mix their money with it. Wow, that's really interesting. So what, I guess, what, have you had any traditional schooling? Yeah, so traditionally I went to high school in Charlotte, North Carolina. Didn't go to the greatest like primary schools and stuff like that. But I ended up graduating going to college at Bowdoin University or Bowdoin College, which is in Brunswick, Maine. So little tiny city of like 5,000 people, extremely cold, but great institution. And I uh, studied computer science and philosophy up there. Okay. Um, and are you still in school or are you? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I graduated in 2019. So I, I look young, but I'm actually 25. So okay. <laughs> a little while ago. <laughs> graduated in 2019 so three years ago yeah yeah exactly okay okay and when you study computer science you become a software engineer yeah so studying computer science my next kind of rationale was to go into the industry I did research as like internships throughout college did some time at Columbia University in New York did some time at Washington University in St. Louis my whole goal was to understand what are the different avenues you can help people with technology as well as actually make some money out of it, right? So when I studied and graduated, I decided to go out to California, the whole Silicon Valley lifestyle. And that's when I got my first opportunity at Pinterest. And I realized I was pretty good at it. So from there, I wanted to specialize in one specific thing. I did computer security for a little while, basically understanding how to hack people, how to protect people in terms of technology awareness and all that good stuff. So I did that for a long time until I finally like, found this whole passion project slash idea that I'm currently working on, which is Pigeon. Cool. So when will it be up and running? So Pigeons has been up and running for about a year and a half, actually. Oh, so okay. Idea of where we are. Um, we're about 15,000 users strong. We've created about 3,300 loans to date. There are okay. currently about 200 to 250 active loans in our platform. Active meaning people are moving money between each other on our platform. And then we moved about a million dollars in loan volume over the course of the past six to nine months. So we've been around for a little while. The beauty of this product is it supports people. And we've gotten some great backers in terms of investors as well. We just got out of Y Combinator about two or three weeks ago, which is like the pristine entrepreneurship startup uh, accelerator. And then we just got a funding round of 2.5 million. And that's going to last us for the next two or so years. And we're really excited. Wow. Why this project instead of going to work for Google or some other tech company? So working for Google and all the other tech companies is great. I'm not going to knock that because, hey, you get paid a lot. You get to play foosball. You get to code. And you want to <laughs> <laughs> I would never knock that lifestyle. But for me, the, the company found me slash the problem found me. Um, if we take a step back, and go to March 2020 when the pandemic first hit, there were a lot of people that were really downtrodden in terms of their finances. People who had lost their jobs, stock market was crashing. Everyone was in like really dire straits and no one had an idea as to what was gonna happen next. So my family was actually one that was impacted by this personally. 
it was a situation in which a family member of mine had lost their job and they were really down on their luck. I was still fortunate enough to have my own income from Intuit as a software engineer. So with that being the case, we actually had a, a meeting in which they came to me and they said, hey, look, I need some cash to hold me over throughout this pandemic. But this time, the sum of money they had kind of asked for was like extremely uncomfortable, almost to the point where like the sum of money was so significant where I was like, oh, I, I can't really just give this to you and hope I get it back, especially considering no one knew what was going to happen next. So what I said was, hey, let's just make a loan. Let's make a loan between each other. Let's have that exist over the next year or so. If we get through this whole pandemic, at least I'll be able to get my money back at some point. And when I went to go try and find an app or website to actually do this, there was actually really nothing there, like nothing that was really robust that would say, hey, here's your contract. Here's the way to move money. Here's reminders. Here's how to do this whole process. So I said, you know what, let me create just this bare bones version of what Pigeon Loans is today, just between me and my family member. So that summer, I basically opened up my laptop, summer of 2020, everyone was watching Tiger King, and I was actually just like coding and building Pigeon Loans. And when I finished it, it was really cool to actually use the product with my family member. They ended up paying me back over a year utilizing Pigeon Loans. But then also I released it to like my inner social medias, like Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. And the reception was like really wild. People were like telling me stories saying, Hey, I had a cousin who like borrowed 10,000 from me and just never paid me back. Or I have a brother who owes me money or like all these different stories of relationships and money gone wrong. Where I was like, how big is this problem? Like, did I just stumble on something that's like an absolute gold mine? So I took one more step back and I said, let me figure out the market behind this. Like if I create this solution, is there a big enough problem for this to become a business? I found out there's almost $200 billion moved in the United States every single year as loans between friends and family. And when I found that number out, I was like, wow, like there's a lot of people struggling with this. And there's a lot of unspoken calamities that are going on between relationships. So from there, we just ran with it, created a project, created a business. I did my full-time job at Intuit for a year while also doing Pigeon. And then in September, 2021, I hired a team. We got in the Y Combinator. We took it out of like a beta site and then we, we've been hitting the ground running since. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So is it an app or is a is it a browser-based website? Yeah, so today it's a browser-based website. You can go to pigeonloans.io, P-I-G-E-O-N loans.io. And basically you can use it just like you would any kind of banking service for a loan, right? So if you were to go to SoFi or Bank of America, you log in, you make your payments, you set your reminders, all that good stuff. But the difference with us is this is just between people. This is someone where like a friend has given you a thousand dollars. You set up all that environment. And then once you're ready to sign the dotted line, we'll manage it the same way you manage anything else with a fintech solution elsewhere. And is there a cost to the loaner and the loanee or <laughs> I guess it's a borrower. <laughs> so what's the cost for both parties and, and how is it profit driven for you? Definitely. So we want it to be as affordable and as accessible as possible for everyone. In terms of what the cost structure is today, lenders actually don't pay anything. So people are giving money. We've created this tool where like it's the most value add for them. They can create all their documentation. They can set reminders. Like, they can completely separate their relationship from their transaction 
and do it pretty much free of cost. They don't have to pay. But in terms of how we make money, we actually charge a subscription fee. So for every month that me and you are under contract, say I give you $1,000 and I want it back in like 10 months. Over the course of those 10 months, we will charge the borrower $5.29. So a small flat fee in which we can manage the loan over time. And then you can have all the resources we provide you as well as the education behind it. That kind of compasses the bare bones of what our transaction model is. And then the beauty of the product is you can move money in the platform as well. So like you never have to talk to your friend or cousin about like their bank information. The minute you both sign up for Pigeon Loans, we'll go through the process of making sure all that is added. And then if you wanna swipe your credit card or debit card and move your money to your friend or family member, you can do that. We'll charge a 3% transaction fee for that, but that allows us to actually validate the money moving, make it move a little bit faster than maybe some just kind of cash or check mailing process and have that exist between you and the individual. It's certainly an interesting concept. Um, you know, it takes the whole Zill thing <laughs> to the next level. Um, right. What else are you doing? So you're, you're, are you doing this full time now? Yeah, so we're doing this full time. I left into it September 2021. There's now a team of five of us. I have a co-founder. He runs operations. He basically is like my second slash brain slash visionary slash marketer. And then we have three more individuals. Uh, we're all based here in Miami. So the team is growing. We're definitely going to add two or three more people throughout the rest of this year. But we're just all really kind of passionate about the social good message behind this, being able to help people within their relationships and being able to do that in like a seamless manner. That's something that we're all really striving for. Um, I want to go back a little bit because our audience is, well, we target, you know, minority people, whether that's African-American, Hispanic, Latino, like me. Um, yes. And I just want to know, like, what made you decide go into, to, to go into computer science? Like, what role models did you have or what motivated you to, um, to go to college? Because you said you didn't go to the best schools growing up. Yeah. Um, so what was that transition like from... I don't know what your background or, you know, your upbringing is like, um, but what was that transition like from that to being an entrepreneur now at 25? Yeah, it's an interesting path. So I have like stories for days, but to summarize it all, I would say I grew up in an environment that was a pressure cooker. And both of you probably understand what that means. It's, it's an environment which so a lot of external forces keeping you from really trying to do well in life. Yeah. So you have to continually look over your shoulder, continue to achieve higher than most people do just so you can get to like the next step, right? right? So for me, when I was going through school, there were so many external forces that I was just like, you know what? I never want this to be my life after I'm like left this community. Like this is, this is the end of it. I had my 18 years of it, we're good. So... My goal was, to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough with this. This is fun, but uh, I got something else to do. So my goal at 18 was to really get the best grades, go to kind of the best school, simply because I knew that would be um, a higher chance of actually having that life that I wanted, right? Um, I won't say this is all driven by me. My mother really pushed me to like do well in education. 
Um, I grew up in a single mother household, me and my sister. And she was just like, hey, it's A's or nothing. So like, you, you got to do your thing. And <laughs> so when I, when I graduated, I was fortunate enough to get a full ride to go to Bowdoin. And then getting that education, getting the money, it was up to me to not squander the opportunity. So taking that and really going through school, understanding, hey, I'm here for four years to learn so that I could then get the best jobs that I can and make the best life for myself afterwards. It's a different mindset I think some people go into college with. Some people are like, oh, I want to explore and like see life and like have fun. I was kind of like, ah, this is a stepping stone. Like I need to get through this in order to go to the places where I want to go. So that was kind of like my whole mindset. In terms of the role models, I didn't have like a specific one, like one that you could just name and kind of pop culture. But I would say like my grandfather was very driven. He's passed away since, but he was someone who I'd be like, all right, he immigrated from Honduras. So my nationality, I'm Honduran, Jamaican and Guyanese. So my grandfather, he immigrated from Honduras. And I always heard stories about how he got his first couple of dollars to come to the States. He was shining shoes at like 13 and he was doing his thing on international ships by 15, 16. So it's like, all right, there's no excuse. Like if he's doing this thing at 13, shining shoes to get to the States, yeah. I can be doing that thing at 18 and get to a good college and then do better for my life. So those were kind of the ideas that I had growing up and how I've kind of gotten here. Yeah, that's so true what you said about the college thing too. I recently um, went on a tour group trip to Argentina and Brazil. And yeah. one of the people on the trip um, is neighbors with Priyanka Chopra and, and Nick Jonas. And we were talking about the college experience and she's like, well, it's really sad that, you know, you went to college for three years and had to like work and do all those internships. Like you really didn't develop yourself while you were there. And I was like, well, maybe for someone who obviously grew up and or married into a rich family, you can take your time and develop yourself and go to all the parties and, uh, you know, really live the best in college. I said, but for people like me who have come from nothing, college is the place where you're trying to springboard to get out of your poverty situation. It isn't about fun. <laughs> it isn't about friends. It's about none of that. It's about survival. Um, and I don't think that a lot of people truly understand that, that you're trying to get the best grades possible because you're trying to get out of your situation. Yeah, definitely. And I think the higher or more elitist colleges you go to, the, the more extreme you see that too. It's just like, there's an entire cause, microcosm of like 90% of students who have a structure back home, who have places to go, who have places to vacation. But then you have the other side where you're like, damn, like if you don't get through this the right way, you're going right back to where you started from. Yep. So that, that was always in the back of my mind. And reason why, like, I would always push myself to do things other kids just were not doing. For sure. Yeah. Um, you obviously were brave or prepared to, you know, leave a full-time job and go with pigeon loans full-time. So um, what did that take? And for those of us who aren't in Silicon Valley or we don't know the lingo, like, how did you tap into that? And um, what is Y Combinator? And what does that mean for the company? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll definitely take a step back and explain all this. Um, so for <laughs> me, leaving into it, that 
came from a sense of stability. So I worked for a year simply because I didn't have the savings to just like up and leave, right? If I didn't have the savings after a year, I still would have probably been into it. Because going into the startup life or entrepreneur life is a huge risk. Like you could just end up making zero dollars, if anything, negative dollars, because you spend all that time and money not creating anything. Right. And it could really mess up your entire life. So for me, I didn't want to accidentally put myself in a situation where I had to really claw myself back out of it. So I purposely worked into it for a whole year, saving money, didn't really spend much, putting it all aside so that I could quit for just three months. And my goal was to really say, for three months, I am heads down on this by myself, off of my own savings. And if I don't get to the level of progress that I need to get to, I need to start searching for other jobs. So it gave myself a timeline and another pressure cooker situation to just get it done, right? And in terms of what happened when I did that, September 2021 is when I kind of started throwing like my bullets. So I was like, all right, I've prepared. I, I know what the business model is. I know the problem I'm solving. We have customers. Like we're in a good state. Let's start applying for things that the best entrepreneurs and the best startups are doing right now. And one of those programs is Y Combinator. So to give you an idea what Y Combinator is, in the startup world, it's an accelerator. And an accelerator is a kind of environment where you're put together with other companies and entrepreneurs, about a 12 to 15 week process, and learn how to become a better business, learn how to grow your kind of institutional backing from the VC slash investment world, but also learn how to support your customers and actually solve your problem the right way. All of that is cooked into a good accelerator. So for Y Combinator, they're the best in the world. To give you some idea of how strong their name is, 17,500 companies applied last batch, 400 companies got in. So there's about 1.7% acceptance rate. And alumni of Y Combinator, companies that have gone through it in the past, include Coinbase, they include Open, uh, not Open Door, Instacart, they include DoorDash, they include GitLab, they include Airbnb, um, all these like big name brands and companies, right? So with that being the case, getting in was our stamp of approval. Getting in was saying, all right, we've arrived in the sense that like the game is now starting. Everything prior to that was warmups. We we're in the warmup line, layup line, trying to get loose. Now we're in the game and like, we really gotta push and make ourselves like a big name here. That's great. Yeah, I am really impressed by, you know, just your ability to, to you know, look forward and think about where you wanna go. So where do you see Pigeon Loans best case, best case scenario in five years? five years is a good timeline I think by five years we'll be a household name I think for us our goal is to become what's called a unicorn in the startup world and a unicorn is any company that's worth more than a billion dollars so for us what we want to do is become the entire psychological connection when you say hey look I have a money problem and it's tied to some type of relationship in my life my next thought is pigeon loans and funny enough, I was just at a networking event yesterday where some guy I'd met prior in the past three or four months ago, he came up to me. I was like, oh, good to see you again. I was like, hey, how are you? And he goes, 
I was just thinking about yesterday. And I was like, why? He was like, my grandmother offered to give me a loan for my business. And my next thought was pigeon loans. And I was Aww. like, that's it right there. <laughs> that's the entire microcosm. So that's what we're going to be building over the next five years. We want that association to be there for everyone and anyone across the world. The goal really is to provide a lot of value by producing more products. Right now, we have the ability to create loans between friends and family pretty easily. Pretty easily. But there's new things that we want to work on as well. Being able to build people's credit score, that's something we're working on right now. Being able to provide small dollar liquidity, so like $500, $600 to people who are in need, that's something we're working on as well. That iOS, Android app you talked about, we're building that too. So these are all things that we're working on in the immediate future, but over the course of time, we really think we'll get us to a point where we'll be a great business one day. I'm really interested in what advice you have for people who grew up like you, like us, um, who are interested in tech or interested in computer science, what advice would you give to them on either how to make it out of their situation and how to be productive and successful in the business? Yeah, definitely. So this is one of the more passionate kind of ideals I have. I'm really big on education and um, I'm a volunteer at codepath.org, which helps minorities and kind of lower income individuals learn how to code. So with that being the case, my advice is always, you really need to, um, there's two parts of it. You need to understand that there's not too many role models yet in the tech and kind of entrepreneurship ecosystem. There's like two black billionaire tech people that I can name and like, that's not great, right? So in terms of trying to find someone like the LeBron James or the Tiger Woods or whatever of the tech world, you're not gonna find it. So the first piece of advice there is you have to have like the internal conviction to really get through it today, at least, maybe not in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Hopefully I'll be one of those role models by then. But the goal is to really say, you have to have that internal conviction and keep it going. The second goal is the access to education out there is there, you just need to find it. So the beauty of learning about technology on the internet is that it's on the internet. So like all of these resources, some of them are free, some of them are paid, there's a way to start where like you can understand, all right, what is coding? Why do computers do these things? Who invented the computer? Like who are all these great minds and ideas that came together to make this kind of ecosystem work? And then from there, you kind of figure out what speaks to you. Like some people aren't coders. Some people like to put stuff together, like physically. There's jobs there. There are people who like to design stuff. UI, UX, like artists, people who wanna make things look beautiful. You can do that as well. So it's really about learning the entire kind of entry level understanding of what computers are and then figure out your specific niche and then going that direction. And I would just challenge people to really become Google experts or something like that. Like understanding how to get through that is, is part, of the, part of the journey. Yeah, I agree. That's great advice. Yeah, I think that between the three of us, we're kind of, we've tapped into three different industries that are um, historically occupied by white people, <laughs> right? And um, it's true, you know, you, you will be a, a role model for young um, African-Americans in the future. And 
just as Amber is, and maybe I'll be, you know, so it's, it's true. A lot of it is just conviction, right? And being like, well, I don't see anyone that looks like me. So I have to be that person. Um, and you're, sounds like you're doing awesome and we're happy to promote pigeon loans. Um, sounds like a great service that is accessible, right? $5 and 29 cents is not like the gouging 24, 29% credit cards that a lot of people end up using when they can't get a loan or they don't know of a practical way to keep each other accountable, right? To be like, um, maybe I need an extension, but like you don't want to bring it up at the family barbecue. And so you can just do it through the app. So that sounds like a great, great product. And we're really excited that you um, reached out and that we can share your story with our listeners. Yeah, yeah definitely. Super excited. I really hope that you get success with this. Um, you seem like a really bright young man, despite I know you saying that you're you're not as young as we think, but to us, you're a baby. <laughs> um, so we're, we're really excited. seven years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> seven years is a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> That's super awesome. But no, this is great. Um, yeah, I, I love the conversation. I love what you guys are doing, especially in terms of just like climbing the social economic ladder, I think that's gonna be a very big problem in the next decade or so for just everyone, um, non-minorities non as well. I think um, that's a problem that will be grossly looked at in terms of getting solutions for, but having a podcast like this and having other mindsets and having other stories just for words of encouragement, I think it's always gonna be great. So definitely, I appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, for thanks so much, Brian. Yeah. Um, if you have questions uh, about Pigeon Loans, where can people go to find you? Yeah, definitely. So the website is pigeonloans.io. If you see any email that has at Pigeon Loans, you will literally contact my mailbox at some point or another. So you can send an email to support or my specific emails be as in boy, Bristol, like the city in Connecticut at pigeonloans.io. And then um, you'll find my socials out there too. Uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, usually you can find that by just figuring out who Pigeon Loans follows. I don't just give it out, but like if you're smart, you can figure it out. And then outside of that, uh, always happy to chat about Pigeon Loans. We have walkthroughs to just handhold you through the whole process of making a loan. Um, we have customer calls, all that good stuff. So definitely open and accessible. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, we hope to see you around, hear your, hear your company's name in our households, yes. um, certainly by the next five years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe next year, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe next year, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it.